And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another disappointed but really, really proud episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers fall to the Arizona Wildcats 66-53 to in the Elite Eight and a historic season for the Indiana Hoosiers, the best in program history, comes to an end in a game that, you know, featured what we've come to expect from this team, which is gritty play, tough play, a lot of togetherness, fighting until the end. But, you know, it was one of those games where Arizona, you know, after kind of seesawing a little bit there, you know, early on and neither team really able to get into a rhythm, Arizona kind of took control there at the end of the first half and they kind of maintained that control. And every time Indiana would kind of get it back and they'd get tied or they'd get within two, it felt like Arizona had an answer. And a lot of times, obviously, that answer came from Ari McDonald or Ari McDonald who had a wonderful game for Arizona. But, you know, this was a game that was much closer than the 13-point deficit. It's just one where the dam kind of broke at the end. And Arizona was able to hit some shots, and Indiana wasn't able to make theirs. And you end with a 66-53 to loss. But a game that does not in any way diminish an unbelievable season by Terry Morin and her Hoosiers, which you know, continued the progression that we have seen from this program over the last five, six years. Uh, And obviously the future is very bright for this program on this night. Obviously it's okay to be disappointed and we all are because we felt like this was a team good enough to make the final four and the season ends tonight. Uh, But we're all proud of them and we're going to be here to talk about it on the first ever Elite Eight episode of the Assembly Call. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Morris. I am here with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe. Uh, and we are going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And, you know, for me, the banner moment came toward the end of the game. It was 57-50, to 50, Arizona's leading, and it kind of felt like the Hoosiers, you know, you know, it was like last gasp time. It's like, if you're going to make a run, now is the time to do it. And obviously, they didn't make the run, but they never stopped fighting, you know, and and... Cardano Hillary missed a three-pointer, but what I loved is right after that, she and Grace Berger both just attacked the rebound, diving onto the ground, trying to get the loose ball. They didn't even end up getting it. You know, Arizona got the ball. They called timeout. They were able to get the ball and go down, and, you know, it wasn't some, you know, pretty play that they made. It wasn't anything like that, but it was two people absolutely fighting until the very end for their team and for each other, and you know, for me, as someone who, frankly, came around to watching this team a little bit later, and, and I wish I had been watching them all season long because it has been so fun to watch them, that's the lasting image for me is, you know, Allie Patberg battling for a rebound, you know, diving for loose balls. This team is so tough and played so hard. And I, the shots didn't fall tonight. The offense wasn't as crisp as you wanted it to be. The defensive rotations were off, and we'll talk about all of that. But the fight was there. The heart was there. The toughness was there. This is a winning culture that Terry Morin has built uh, with players that fight till the end. And so for me, that's the lasting image that I'll take uh, you know, from this game. It was winning players making winning plays in a losing effort. You know, they just they came up short tonight. They didn't win the game, uh, but they played hard until the very end. Uh, and I know I speak on behalf of all of us when I say that I'm really proud of them for that. Okay, our banner moment tonight, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. And I don't know if you saw this, but our friends at Home Field Apparel, 15 minutes before the game tonight, released their first ever IU Women's Basketball t-shirt. You can find that shirt if you go to assemblycall.com slash t. It will redirect you to the page at homefieldapparel.com or just go to homefieldapparel.com, find the Indiana page, and you'll see the shirt. It's a really cool shirt. 
commemorating the 1983 uh, women's basketball team uh, that made the NCAA tournament, was really, really successful. You can go get that shirt and anything else from Homefield Apparel using the promo code ASSEMBLY20, and that will give you 20% off your entire order. So obviously that shirt, they've got the football designs, they've got basketball designs, baseball designs, so many different shirts there. And it's not just Indiana gear, you've got gear for 90 plus other colleges and universities from, you know, the greatest sports apparel brand out there. So go to homefieldapparel.com, or if you want the, the women's basketball t-shirt specifically, just type in assemblycall.com slash T. It'll take you right there. Use that promo code assembly20, uh, and it will give you that shirt and anything else that you pick up for 20% off. All righty. Well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team tonight. That is the coach, the other coach, Jeff Marlowe. Uh, and coach, your, your opening thoughts on a tough night uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, I just – Tough night. Kind of the player, Jared, that summed it up for me was there in the fourth quarter. We're pressing. We get the ball, kind of a loose ball. Looks like we're going to come up with a steal. And 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 just feel like 90 times out of 100, Allie Patberg makes that play. And the Arizona girl bats it away at the last second, and they get a wide-open layup out of it. And that just kind of – to me, I think that's when I tweeted out that just kind of not our night. And the kids battled hard. That's the one thing you can say about this program. I've watched it a little bit especially since Terry's gotten it going with the Tyra Bus group uh, a few years ago. I've watched it pretty much any time they're on BTN and I get a chance to watch them, I will. Uh, I haven't been to a game in person, but it's just really that culture that they play with. And and, and I really thought they, they had a chance tonight, but the McDonald girl is a special type of talent. And at least right now in the tournament, you know, kind of, maybe it's just one of those tournament runs but she's that kind of kid that has that great tournament run that can lift a team and she did tonight uh, I, I don't think Terry Morin's defense has given up 33 to anybody over the last couple of years and she just really was uh, you know really hate to say magical but she really was kind of magical with the ball for them and hit some shots one bank in but uh, you just saw tonight it was still that team that Terry's building. It's not a finished product, and 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 we want them all to you know to continue to improve. But they they were a team that was primarily an inside team, a mid range team, and and tonight they I thought they kind of ran out of gas with about five minutes to go, and the shot started falling short, and that was really kind of to me the you know where the game was you know won and lost was in that last five minutes of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, we'll, we'll talk about numbers later, but the number that's going to jump out to everybody, and rightfully so, is Indiana went 0 for 9 from three-point range, and Arizona went 9 for 21 from three-point range. And, you know, when you have a 27-point deficit from three-point range, you know, Mackenzie Holmes can score, you know, 20 points down low, and Grace Berger can hit some mid-range jump shots, but you're just, you're fighting a losing math battle at that point, yep. you know, and... and and, you know, which brings me to the point that I want to make, Jeff, which is, you know, you you get in the NCAA tournament, you know, and you're playing really good teams. And the farther that you go in the NCAA tournament, the further that you go in the NCAA tournament, you know, your flaws are going to be exposed. And what I thought we saw tonight, you know, from Indiana is, you know, you talk, this has been a team that's kind of been, you know, an inside out team. You know, we know one of the one of the flaws that they've had, one of the challenges that they've had to work through is not a lot of depth. And I think that, you know, can certainly take its toll in a game like this, you know, especially when you're playing. I mean, the, the game that uh, that they played in the Sweet 16 was a tough battle. Yeah, that was a tough 40 minute battle. You don't have a real long time to recover from that. Now you're coming in and playing this game where, as you said, Ari McDonald is she's a phenomenal basketball player. I mean, she was terrific and, and she sets the tone for Arizona. And the issue is, you know, 
if you can't stop her off the dribble, she's going to get into the paint and she's either going to score or she's going to find people who are open. And she just collapsed Indiana's defense so often. Or, you know, if Indiana would go under a screen and, you know, try not to let her get into the lane, she was good enough to just step back and make three pointers. And so I think, you know, what it showed is, you know, I think the big advantage, the two big advantages this Arizona team had is you've got her and she was the, she's the best player on the court, the most talented player on the court. You're always going to be a little bit of a disadvantage if the other team's got the best player. But I also thought Arizona's overall athletic ability. They just have a more athletic roster. And I thought that hurt Indiana at times. And, you know, especially defensively, you know, there were so many times when Arizona was able to collapse the defense. And, you know, it's not that they were hitting a lot of tough three pointers, they were getting a lot of wide open three pointers. And I don't think it's not because Indiana wasn't playing hard defensively, it's because they were able to get Indiana into rotations and they just weren't able to recover quickly enough. And I think that was the challenge and the frustration watching Indiana's defense tonight is it didn't have an answer. It didn't have an answer for McDonald and it didn't have an answer uh, you know for for those wide op- for the wide open three pointers that Arizona was getting and to their credit they made them. You know, and Indiana wasn't able to get and make those same looks on the other side. And so, you know, as that's happening, you know, I, I think as as you look forward, you know, for this this Indiana team, this Indiana roster, what do you do to get to the next level? Obviously, getting deeper, getting more athletic as you start to face better and better teams in the tournament that's what you're going to need to combine that with your grit and, and, you know, all the other things that they do really well. You know, I thought that hurt them tonight. Um, and to Arizona's credit, they were able to take advantage of it. Yeah. And I thought that, you know, you talk a little bit about some of the kids that, um, like Golbe tonight, Golbe, I thought had an okay game, but her, if she's able to knock down a three or two, like she can't has throughout the year, usually she's good for one or two threes a game that stretches out. It opens it up a little bit more for Holmes. It opens up a little more for Pat Berg. Uh, Cardano Hillary struggled tonight. She hit some free throws, but I don't think she, I don't remember her hitting a shot from the field. So just, they really had to rely on their three main studs. Whereas on Saturday against North Carolina state, they had five kids in double figures, you know, and today it was only three. And, you know, those three, I think if I remember, you know, did my math right, it was, they combined for, um, I lost my page here. I think I had them for what 42 of the 53, something like that, 45 of the 53, something like that. You know, 35, 47 of the 53 came from, you know, Pat Berg, Holmes, and, and Berger. But you're right. They got to get, they got to get more athletic. They got to get deep. They got to get more depth. And, 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 you know, and, and they still got to keep improving. And, and I think that's one thing Terry's kids have done over the years is Coach Morn's kids have shown skill development and they've gotten better year to year. So that's, you know, I'm sure it hurts. That's one of those things like a coach at losing in a sectional or a regional, not having been to that level. But, you know, you're, it hurts right now. But you got to try and find a way to get them talking, thinking about next year is pretty quickly about, hey, how do we get back here? Because that's got to become the goal now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, I think the other storyline from this game, you know, as you, as you kind of followed along on Twitter, obviously people were not very happy with the officiating. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, look, I think there was some reason to not be very happy with the officiating on a night when the biggest story in women's basketball is a really, really bad no call in that Baylor UConn game. Oh. Not, not, a, not a great night for, uh, for, for officiating in women's basketball. But, you know, I, I thought what we saw in the first half is. You know, number one, they they were letting them get away with a lot of stuff. They were the officials were letting this game be physical, and I thought early on, Arizona was the more aggressive team. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Grace Berger, especially in the first half, 
you know, wasn't asserting herself as much as you saw her do late. I thought Allie Patberg early was phenomenal. You know, when Indiana wasn't able to get much going offensively, I think out of Indiana's first 15 points, she had eight points and one assist and was really the one person early that was keeping Indiana going. But it felt like easing into the game isn't the, isn't the right term, but it felt like whether it was nerves or whether it was just kind of trying to get comfortable with how the pace of this game was going to be, it felt like Arizona was able to come out and be a little bit more aggressive early on. And part of that is just, you know, when you have someone like McDonald, she's constantly aggressive, you know, and so the rest of the team is going to feed off of that. Um, but, but that's the other thing, I think, to me, that kind of that set the tone and the officiating probably played into it a little bit. But at some point, you know, if the game is getting called that way, then you've got to respond to it. And I thought Indiana really did, you know, especially in in the second half, you know, after Arizona opened up that eight point lead. That was a big time danger zone. And it was a, a chance yeah. where, you know, the dam could have broken then. But it didn't because Grace, you know, Grace Berger was like, screw this. And she took it coast to coast and scored. And then Allie Patberg did the same thing. And they, you know, got some really tough rebounds. And then McKenzie Holmes started going. You know, and so I thought that stretch was as tough and aggressive and and assertive as they played all night long, mm-hmm. but it kind of felt like it was in spurts and not quite enough. You know, and 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 you know, so again, I don't you know know what all contributes to that. Whether it's a little bit of legs, just the way that Arizona was playing, the calls, all that stuff, but they were just a little bit more aggressive all night. Yeah, and, and I think also just a the mentality there, Jared. I think you know Arizona plays with that kind of more. You know, they didn't really do a ton of it because Indiana handled the ball so well. But they wanted to. They got out and pressed a little more. They made Indiana work the ninety-four feet of the floor at times to get the ball from one end to the other, and 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 just was a little more aggressive. Obviously, the play that kind of you know got everybody really going on Twitter. Uh, was the play in the middle of the th- I think it was middle of the third quarter where the girl kind of yeah. walked through Nicole Cardano Hillary and I you know I really didn't like the no call after they reviewed it I would even though we had a player leave the bench that might have you know it might have come back to her us a little bit there they might, could have you know called a T there I thought that just kind of reinforced the attitude of the officials that you know they're okay with the game being physical and that really was probably more to Arizona's liking. The me, the key game part of the game, and I don't want to blame it on anybody, but uh, we finally got it back tied 44-44. We forced them into a missed shot toward the end of the third quarter, grabbed the defensive rebound, and then mm. McDonald rips it right away from us yeah. and puts it in for a layup, and we never got it back. It, it, that was it, that was the last time it was tied, and they led from there on. And it just – I don't want – you know that's in the third quarter, so I don't want to say it took the wind out of our sails completely, but – Man, as a coach, I just I'm, my head's still spinning with the ideas of if we grab that rebound, hold on to it, can go down to the other end and get a score. Instead, they score, and then we turned it over, and they end up not scoring at the end of the quarter. But just kind of that whole sequence there you know, is, is a big what if for me. Yeah, it is, and that, and that's that's kind of the point. You know, I, I think there was just kind of that next level aggression that that Arizona had and the ability to get those balls you know and look indiana got their fair share you know there was there's one oh when was it that Allie patberg got um mm. oh i don't remember i don't remember when it happened it was it was toward the end of the game ah it 5450 um yeah. arizona missed a shot and and Allie just goes for a rebound goes crashing to the ground got up limping but she got the rebound you know, yep. and was just so tough. And that, you know, that was another one of those moments where it's like, all right, you know, like, and all night long, 
you know, Arizona had kind of gotten it up where it's like a four-point game, and we were able to come back and make a play and get it back to two, mm-hmm. get it back tied. That, to me, was a pivotal moment because, you know, you've got this player. She sells out her body to dive on the ground, you know, get the ball. You get it. Now you've got to go down and score. And we didn't. We just turned it over. You know, that's where, you know, when I mentioned earlier, kind of the dam breaking, you know, there were a couple of careless turnovers late, and there were some short shots late. And so... Again, is that fatigue? You know, is it, you know, who knows what it is? But at the end of the game, Indiana just didn't have what it needed to have to make those plays. And it wasn't it wasn't for the lack of effort or fight. They just weren't able to get it done uh there. And, you know, that's why eventually Arizona was able to run out to the thirteen point lead, which again was not indicative at all of how close and hard fought the game was. No, I, I totally agree. I thought the kids fought hard. And, and I, again, I think that just really testifies to the program that Terry Morin has built on with the women's program is that no matter what the scoreboard says, they're going to continue to play the way they preach all the way to the end of the game. And you, even when they got behind 10, 11 points, they still were trying to battle and scrap and fight and, and play it to the end. And that, to me, is a good sign for the future. Yep, Absolutely. All right, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 66-53 loss to Arizona. I will point out tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from this game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Lily King. I hope you enjoy the show, but ask yourself, do we really need this much basketball talk for a swimming and diving school? Where do you think the candy stripes came from anyway? Go Hoosiers. Lily King, always with just the slam dunk on the basketball programs. Uh, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I am your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe, and we are breaking down Indiana's Elite Eight loss to Arizona, a 13-point loss uh, to the Wildcats. Time now, Coach, for uh, the meaningful moment that you might have missed. And, I, you know, I think there, there's several. You know, we mentioned a couple of them there in the first segment. Um, I want to go back to the first half. And there were a couple of passes, one by Allie Patberg and one by Grace Berger, that were just unbelievable passes and kind of show – the skill, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, it, it felt like there was a deficit in terms of, you know, obviously they have, you know, McDonald, I think they had the more athletic team, but, you know, skill for skill, Indiana was right there with them. And I think, you know, from a passing perspective, you know, Allie Patberg's no look pass to McKenzie Holmes actually gave Indiana a 15 to 14 lead early. Um, and, you know, what I loved about that play is, again, that's when Indiana really seemed kind of reticent early on. They just, it just, it felt like it took them a little while to, to get into the game. But Allie Patberg was there from the jump, you know, and really kind of kept Indiana in it, um, it, you know, as the rest of her teammates kind of got going. And then the pass by Grace Berger later in the first half, 
I'm not even sure how that pass got to Mackenzie Holmes. It like uh, it felt like it kind of like just like traveled through defenders to get to her and just put her right in position for an easy layup. Uh, but those two plays and that, that actually, that, uh, I think when Mackenzie Holmes made that at Indiana was down 25 to 24 and that was pretty big, you know, cause there was another moment late in the first half where Arizona was up 23 to 19, about three minutes left. And it really kind of felt like a danger zone mm-hmm. and, you know, Indiana missed a shot. Arizona gets a transition opportunity and Indiana, I mean, the entire you know team that was out there busted their ass down the court. They, uh, in transition defense, uh, Alexa Goulbe, I think, no, Alexa Goulbe missed the shot. Then they got down there. Uh, McKenzie Holmes, I think, got a block or somebody did something on the defensive end to stop him from scoring. And then we went, we went right back down. McKenzie Holmes scored after an offensive rebound. And it was a huge four-point swing because it very easily could have been a six-point game for Arizona with all this momentum. We cut it right back to two. And I thought that was really important to do uh, at the end of the first half. But I mean, getting back to those, the, those passes by Pat Berg and Grace Berger, uh, were just phenomenal and kind of show the the ability that those two have, which is really impressive. Yeah, I thought the pass by Alley was really, really good. And the pass by Berger, it, it was really interesting because I'm not sure how Holmes saw her, you know, <laughs> no. let alone Berger saw her. I mean, but it, it, the pass got complete. I, for me, meaningful moment really was kind of Mackenzie Holmes in general. I, I, I really enjoy watching her play this year. And, and tonight was just kind of for those people who really kind of watched them for the first time tonight, her footwork and her touch around the basket. It, it just is really fun to watch. I'm you and I tweeted about this a little bit earlier, kind of during the Baylor UConn game, the women's game is still such a fundamental game because they rarely, for the most part, with a few exceptions, aren't playing above the rim. So they have to do the footwork things. They have to have the shooting form that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, Grace Berger, not, as we mentioned, not really a three point shooter, but kind of an old school game. She, you know, you, that's to me, it's meaningful because that's been lost in big parts of the game, not just on the men's side, but even some of the women's game for Grace Berger, who plays that old school style, pull up, shoot a 15, 16 footer and, and, and really shoots it at a high percentage. I, I, those are the, to me, are the meaningful moments to watch those types of kids like Pat Bergen Holmes and, and Berger play with that fundamental. And they, and, and I was trying to real quick, look it up um, turnovers tonight. Uh, I think we had ended up with nine, nine turnovers for, you know, in a, in a 40 minute game. And they were one of the best teams in the country at not turning it over. So uh, you know, they're just a fundamentally sound, fun group to watch. Hey, Coach, will you remind, for people who haven't heard you on a show, will you remind the audience of your coaching background? Yeah, I spent, you know, 16 years, or I should say 13 years at Rensselaer Central here coaching the girls. I had four years before that at Caston. So I had 17 years of varsity girls experience and, 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 and kind of the end of my career is when Allie and those kids were, you know, she was Miss Basketball either my next to last year or my last year here at Rensselaer. Obviously, we didn't play them, but, you know, everybody knew who Allie was and, and, and kind of knew who she was coming through. But, um, so, yeah, I had been on the girls' side for a long time and, you know, had spent 25 years in total coaching as well. So I'd been eight years in the boys' program before I moved over to the girls' varsity at my, pre, at my two stops. But it's fun to watch. That was the one thing I did enjoy about me personally coaching girls was it was still a fundamental game. It was, yeah. you know, they, they wanted to soak up fundamentals, you know, footwork and passing and shooting. Yeah, they really do. I mean, that, that's what makes watching women's basketball so much fun. Um, is is that style and the way that they play? I mean, that's 
uh, that's what I was mentioning is just, you know, watching some of these games the last few days. And, you know, it was interesting. There was a stat from, I think, from like Sweet 16 weekend. You know, on the men's side, the shooting was just atrocious. Like, you know, Villanova wins or, or someone won like going, you know, three of 17 from three point range. And I think the men in those eight games shot like 24 percent from three from three point range. And in the Sweet 16 games for the women, they shot like 40 <laughs> percent, you know, and, you know, look, small sample size, whatever. But, uh, you know, you 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 do see like I've been I was always impressed with, you know, the how good the shooting mechanics are. And you know, mm-hmm. going back to what you talked about with Mackenzie Holmes, her footwork looks so good. It looks like she's traveling, but she's not. <laughs> you know, like it's it's so good and so quick, and she has so many you know moves and counter moves. It's a joy watching her in the mm-hmm. post. You know, and and shoot, she had a good defensive day today too with five block shots. Um, you know, I was thinking as I'm watching the game. You know, Ali Patberg is such a good all around player. Grace Berger is such a good all around player. Um, and you could probably argue that those two are better all-around players than Mackenzie Holmes. But Mackenzie Holmes does what she does better than anybody on the roster. And that mm-hmm. is be in the low post. And if you can deliver her the ball, she will get it up on on the rim. You know, she just has an incredible ability to get it up on the rim softly. You know, and that's why she's able to go, you know, nine for 15 tonight. And a lot of those are really tough looks. You know, and, and so, you know, for a big stretch there in the second half, you know, Indiana's ability to get the ball into McKenzie Holmes, uh, you know, really allowed them to to stick around and stay in it. Uh, and it felt like if they were able to maybe get her a few more touches late in the game, uh, you know, that might have helped. You know, they, they weren't able to. And obviously some of that was, you know, kind of Grace and Allie really had to force the issue a little bit and try and get some shots up and they missed them. And that's kind of why the dam broke and Arizona was able to run out to that big lead. But she was impressive, and she's had a terrific, you know, season. Obviously, being named an All American, and you know, has just an incredibly bright future for for this Indiana program. Yeah, and I just think the program's incredibly looking bright going forward. There's a lot of talent coming back. It'll be really be some interesting things. Will Pat Bird come back for her extra year? I mean, it'll be like her seventh year of eligibility, I think. But it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Cardano Hillary, I would expect her to come back. I really would expect her to come back. But, you know, and so those, you know, a couple kids, but and I haven't followed the cr- recruiting quite as closely, but I would imagine Terry has, Coach Moore has done a very good job of finding the kids that she wants. Uh, Holmes coming out of Maine, uh, Golbay coming out of Latvia, but, uh, you know, Berger out of Kentucky was kind of a diamond in the, you know, kind of a diamond. I mean, she was pretty considered a pretty good player in Kentucky, but I'm not sure anybody saw her being really an all Big Ten level type player when she was recruited. So Coach Moore has been able to find those. Back to your things about shooting, Jerry. I don't know if you saw this stat during the game. I know you weren't watching from beginning to end, maybe, but um, or the, especially the UConn game. I don't know if you were to watch it beginning to end. Um, there was a stat they showed up there that um, Baylor's kind of a similar team to Indiana. They really want to get into the paint. They don't shoot a lot of threes. But Caitlin Clark, the freshman, the outstanding freshman from Iowa, made more threes on the season than Baylor made as a team. Wow. You know, so, you know, and, and then you look at a kid like Beckers from UConn and, and, and just there's some really high level fundamental skill sets right now in the women's game. And I think it's just a testament to where the women's game as a whole has been going over the last five to 10 years and coach Morn's done a pretty good job of getting that at Indiana. Yeah. You know, you look at the, and I guess we can, you know, start talking numbers a little bit or, or at least use the segment to, to talk about a couple of other players. 
you know, like you know, Ali Patberg finishes with twelve points, three assists. Uh, Grace Berger finishes with fifteen points. Neither one of them really efficient. You know, Ali, you know, four for eleven shooting. Grace Berger six for fifteen shooting. Again, some of that was really having to force some tough shots late that just didn't go down. Uh, but I think you know, as you kind of look at you know individuals who weren't able to produce, you know, as they've been producing during this run, you know, Alexa Goulbe really was not able to have the impact that she's been having. You know, it, it seems like every game that I've been watching at least two or three times, you know, she's just able to take the ball on the baseline and just school people, you know, and 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 get a bucket. And she finishes with three points, you know, nine rebounds and five turnovers, you know, played hard, uh, but just wasn't wasn't able to get in the kind of rhythm uh, that we've seen from her. And that's, you know, the challenge there is, you know, she's, you know, one of your taller, more athletic players as well. You know, and again, I think this is a game where that athleticism was really going to be needed, you know, and, and so, you know, her inability to to produce as she's been producing was, you know, was tough, but it was a it was a tough matchup and it certainly wasn't for lack of effort. Uh, and, you know, I think the officiating may have affected her as much as it affected anybody. So, you know, th- those stood out to me. Any other kind of individual lines or individual stats that stood out to you from this game? Yeah, and I'll kind of piggyback with that with Goldbay a little bit. And the great thing about Lex is she can guard multiple spots. So that's one of the things that really makes her valuable, and you really don't want to take her out of the game, even though she struggled a little bit tonight. But like I said, you know, she led the team in rebounding with nine, but she just never really seemed to be in the flow of the game, either offensively or defensively. So I don't know, again, if some of the fouls and the fishing had something to do with that. And then, you know, uh, Nick, Nicole Cardano-Hillary, uh, three points, you know, but had no assists, you know, for your point guard. And, and I know she's not the reason we lost. I'm not trying to throw that out there and put it all on her. But in a game like this, your point guard has to get you more than three points and, and no assists. And I just, you know, on a team that doesn't have much depth anyway, especially at that position, yeah. you got you got to get a little more than that. But I, that can be said about all of them, really, except maybe for Mackenzie Holmes. You know, I, I would say this in, in her defense in a game like this is she had the toughest defensive matchup in the whole tournament, you know, trying to guard McDonald. Yeah, and I, I thought I thought early in the game her and really look throughout the whole game her desire to compete in that matchup despite look i mean she's she doesn't have the athletic ability that mcdonald does i mean it's just you know some people are just quicker with the ball than your legs can move to stay in front of them and that was the case there but man did she compete and what i love about the way that she plays defense is she's so smart with the way that she uses her hands she uses her hands to distract you know, passer. She uses her hands to deflect balls. And she was able to do some of that. You know, she only got one steal. You know, I don't know how many deflections that she had, but she was really able to do some of that, you know, and kind of be a pest uh, and at least make it, you know, make it challenging. And, and I thought, I thought there was a stretch kind of in the middle of the, of the second half. And maybe it was getting a little bit tired. You know, maybe it was, you know, kind of our natural human inclination that when, you know, we're in a matchup like that and it's just like, I can move as fast as I can and I'm not going to stay in front of her. You know, it, it seemed like defensively she got a little bit frustrated or, you know, or kind of took the easy way out going under a screen instead of fighting through it. And that hurt us a couple of times. And Mm -hmm. I thought towards the end of the game, she was right back to competing on the defensive end like she was early on. But that, that to me was so impressive. And so if you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, you're going to get this matchup with McDonald, you got to make it as tough on her. She's probably going to get 30 points, but at least make it tough on her. 
you know, if you're going to struggle to give us, you know, to make shots because your legs are tired because of this matchup or whatever, you know, some other people need to pick you up, you know, yep. and unfortunately that was kind of the thing is, you know, you got, you got some, some good production from Allie and Grace, not their usual efficiency. You know, you got kind of a, a normal game from Mackenzie Holmes, but that's where, you know, probably one of Allie or Grace probably had to just kind of go next level and maybe get up into the mid twenties or you needed what you've been getting from Alexa Goulbay. And that just didn't happen tonight. You know, it just didn't. Yeah. Um, and, and when you're only really playing with five people like that, you just don't have any margin for error. Yeah. And, and you know, you had three kids that played 39 minutes tonight and Holmes played 36 and Cardano Hillary played 37. So yeah. your, your, your starting five was pretty much an iron five. And I will say this for Nicole. I mean, this is a kid that for people who haven't watched him play, this is a kid that's the all-time leading scorer in A-10 women's basketball history. She had started her career at VCU before she transferred in, and she's accepted a redu- you know, kind of a reduced role or, or, or at least a different role. She's been become just that pass-first point guard, and as you're talking about, just a ten- you know, tenacious defender. And, and credit to Terry Moore for being able to get her to buy into that as a way to help this team because she does a lot of times just lock up on that point guard for the other team and really, really create a lot of havoc and and a lot of stress on the other team's ball handler. Tonight, Ari McDonald was just a little bit different beast in terms of of that point guard that she really struggled with the speed. But I'm not sure there aren't very many point guards in the state area in the country that can guard Ari McDonald one on one. And and it'll be interesting to see how they do going forward from here in the final four. But, um, yeah, I I will say that Nicole has really done a good job of kind of I don't want to say retooling her game, but accepting a much different role than the one she'd had when she transferred in. Yeah, you know, the other numbers, we talked about the three-point shooting. I mean, that's going to be probably in the first sentence of every <laughs> every game recap yeah. of this game is Arizona goes 9 for 21, Indiana goes, you know, 0 for 9. Um, you know, and the other thing is really rebounding. I mean, Arizona out-rebounds Indiana 42 to 34. They get 11 offensive rebounds, you know, and some of those some of those are really key rebounds. Um, Second-chance points-wise, Indiana had eight second-chance points. Uh, Arizona had tw- uh, 12 uh, second-chance points. Uh, uh, Arizona nine for 18 on layups, uh, Indiana 11 for 25 on layups. And that, you know, that was kind of the other area that stood out is Indiana did get some good looks. You know, Grace Berger had a couple good looks, uh, you know, close in that just didn't go down, you know, and, and if you're going to, if you're not going to make threes, you know, you've got to make free throws and Indiana was able to have the advantage at the free throw line, you know, 13 of 17, uh, but they weren't able to capitalize on some of the other, opportunities you know they weren't able to get out in transition only three fast break points again i think the you know the lack of depth and arizona's advantage from an athletic standpoint really hurt indiana's ability to push it and get any kind of advantage but when they did get an advantage they weren't able to convert and that that kind of hurt the offensive efficiency there um any other numbers uh, from a team standpoint jeff that jump out to you well, I will say this defensively. I felt it seemed like Arizona was shooting better than they were, but that was probably because of the nine of 21 on threes. But overall, IU held them to 39% from the field. And if you would have said before the game that we were going to hold them to 39% for the game, I, I would have really been liking our chances. But 
we didn't, we only shot 36%. So, and, and, and like you said, just that, that 27 point margin there on the threes really kind of comes back to be the significant number. Uh, the other thing I was going to point out and you already did, it was the rebounding. Um, it wasn't a huge margin, but the 11 offensive rebounds, probably those four extra, sh- you know, possessions, four extra shots that you got probably out of those 11 rebounds there. Cause we had seven, they, we had seven offensive rebounds. So that's why I say four yeah. extra, um, that probably comes back in a game that's a 13 point game. And as we've mentioned already, really wasn't a 13 point game. All of those come into play and add up, yeah. you know? So, but I thought if you had told me before the game that we we're going to hold an under 40% shooting, I would have been feeling really good. Well, I mean, to your point, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the things Indiana did the best in this game. I mean, they, they gave up way too many wide open three pointers and Arizona was able to make them. But the interior defense was really good because, I mean, Indiana played tough. You know, Mackenzie Holmes was not giving up anything in there. Uh, and, you know, when Arizona's players went in there, no matter who was guarding them, was making it tough and physical. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, they weren't able to convert uh, as, efficient, as efficiently from inside as they were from outside. And unfortunately, from outside, it was just the looks were just too good. You know, mm-hmm. that's part of the problem is, you know, Arizona did – just shoot really well but you know when you get this far into the tournament the teams are probably going to be pretty good at stuff <laughs> you know and if you're mm-hmm. if you're going to give them shots that wide open they're probably going to make them and i have i'm sure that you know terry Moore, and if she's going to watch film of this one you know that's probably that'll probably be the thing that frustrates her is just how many wide open looks they were able to get and i don't you know as you look back on is there anything that you think indiana could have done defensively because you know because that's kind of where i ended up looking at it. it's like you know they're playing hard, but if you can't keep McDonald out of the lane, you know, and yeah. and again you've got you know you don't have much depth back there, it's going to be pretty hard by the end of the game to stop that against a team that's that athletic. So uh, was there any, any adjustments you thought they could have made or things they could have done differently to to prevent some of those? I tweeted it right before halftime. I was wondering if maybe they'd play a little bit zone in the second half. Uh, Coach Warren has not played a ton of it this year, but they have shown some possessions of zone. So I thought maybe they might try to jump into a 2-3 or perhaps a 1-3-1 type zone to at least take away that penetration by McDonald. They did do one possession, and I was a little surprised they didn't go back to it. They did do one possession in the second half of box and one where they put yeah. Nicole uh, Nicole on McDonald to chase and really, which was some, I really like doing another thing. Maybe you could have done a little bit more of was perhaps just face guarded her. Once she gave it up, just get up inside her Jersey and try not to let her have it back. But that's easier said than done sometimes. Cause she also, there were times where she just didn't give it up until she was ready to give it up. But I, I was a little surprised. They didn't try a little more zone or more of the box and one to try and eliminate some of that penetration. Yeah. But that's, that's philosophy. And, and you know, Coach Morton probably not, like I said, they, they not playing as much zone as they had maybe in the past. But it, in the Elite Eight, when you're really struggling to guard a, an outstanding player like McDonald, I think I would have tried a little more. But that's just me sitting here, and, you know, in a post game show. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's easy to say from. Yeah. From it's the, easy to say from here. Show. Always easier to say from the post game show than it is to do yep. on the court during the game. We fully acknowledge that. All right. Coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out some game balls, hit any other lingering storylines, and look ahead to what the future holds uh, for this program that Terry Morin has built. Then it'll be time for last call. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us.
sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Thomas Bryant. What's the only thing better than being Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. I mean, these are more fun when you're celebrating a win, but sometimes you need to commiserate with friends afterwards, and that's what we do here after tough losses. Tough losses, exhilarating wins. We're always here. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Uh, and while you're there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. That newsletter uh, has always focused on the men's team, uh, but we have really worked hard this year to open that up and spend a lot more time focusing on the women's team as they are uh, you know, obviously just such a great team uh, to follow and probably should have been doing it all along, but we are doing that now. So if you're a, a fan of the women's team, that newsletter will keep you up to date on them as well. Uh, and you can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter that is IU to 66866. All right. I'm Jared Morris here with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe. Uh, and we are uh, finishing up our breakdown here of Indiana's loss tonight to Arizona, ending a wonderful run in the NCAA tournament, the best run uh, that this program has had in the NCAA tournament, getting all the way to the Elite Eight. Coach, it is time now for game balls. I will let you go first with your game ball. Sorry, I was, something was going on on my computer. So um, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes uh, just because 20 points, uh, eight rebounds, uh, and just thought she really kind of helped us stay in the game when we really, you know, when we really needed her in that third quarter. So I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes. Obviously, you know, a Grace Berger or, or an Allie Patberg was in consideration, but I, I'm going to go with Mackenzie Holmes. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie Holmes gets it for me too. You know, leads the team in scoring. Obviously, with the five blocks, I thought she was she was kind of the rock for Indiana on on both ends of the court. You know, and really impressive. And you know, for for just being a sophomore, I mean, she has an incredibly incredibly bright future with this program, and showed you know tonight all the skills that make her so good. She just has an incredible feel for the game. You know, and and they've showed. I mean, every single game they've shown the uh, the the video of her in Maine with it snowing, you know, and she's outside playing, which took me back to my childhood, you know, in Indiana, you know, snow, whatever, you know, we're outside playing basketball. Yeah. That's what we do. But you know, you can, I, I was trying to, I was, I was talking to my wife about this. You know, I was like, I was like, if you're, if you're a basketball person, you can tell if someone is good at basketball within like a couple minutes of watching them do some things. You know, like the way that they handle the ball, the way that they shoot, you know, for a post person, you know, their footwork, you know, the way that can they get the ball softly up on the rim? Like there are certain things that you just watch for and you're like, okay, you know, that person has been playing basketball their whole life. They know what they're doing. Like Grace Berger is a great example of this. You know, she is just a baller. You know, you mm -hmm. watch her play the way that she dribbles, the way that she shoots. 
the way that she just competes, which by the way, we, I've got a Grace Burger moment that we have to talk about here in a minute, you know, but that, that's the thing about, you know, everybody on this team, you know, they, they're so skilled and just so, you know, typically so confident in what they're doing, you know, and that just comes from hours and hours and years and years of practice, you know, and like Mackenzie Holmes being out in the cold, you know, working on her post moves all the time. You can tell like she's, she's confident in them. She's comfortable with them. She's quick. She's assertive on the block. It's so much fun to watch a post player who's able to do that. So a very worthy recipient of the game ball tonight uh, for her. I forgot to mention this in the meaningful moments, but my favorite moment of the night from Grace Berger. uh, When was this one? Um, Oh shoot. I want to get the exact time, right? But I may not be able to find it. But we were down, yeah, I guess I think it was when we were down like 55, 48, maybe. We were down by by seven or so, and she had kind of been getting into it. I think maybe it was mm-hmm. ba- Baptiste that she was getting into it with. And so she yeah. comes down and kind of got that ISO on the right wing, and you just knew she was going to take it. And she kind of started going between her legs and kind of getting herself ready and then just rises and fires for that 15-foot jump shot, nothing but net, and kind of you know gives the stare down after that. You know, and I... I got to tell you, you know, one of my favorite things about watching this team play is the emotion that they play with, mm-hmm. you know, the emotion that Ali Patberg has, you know, the intensity and the fact that, you know, Grace Berger is confident enough in herself to, you know, go right up, challenge, challenge the girl, you know, shoot a shot in her face and stare down. I, I like that stuff. I like trash talk. You know, I, that's, that's my kind of basketball, which is actually, which is why I love Ari McDonald. I think she's so much fun to watch. I love her energy. It really looked like she and, uh, Nicole Cardano Hillary were really going at it early. And I couldn't tell, like she would make a shot and she was kind of like clapping and staring. And I couldn't tell if she was doing that to someone in the stands or if she was kind of getting in, uh, Nicole's face with that a little bit. Um, but I, I love the way our team plays because we don't back down from that kind of stuff. And, and that's my kind of basketball. Um, and it, it, I'm just gonna say there, Jared. That's something. That if you go back 10, 12 years ago, that was kind of something IU women basketball were. Though that was that just shows you the mindset that Coach Morin has really changed here. Because it used to be, it was almost like they were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. It was just like, oh, you know, okay, we, you know, we've been we're playing okay, but then somebody makes a run and it'll just get away, you know. But that doesn't happen as much with. I don't think it happens very at all anymore. And that kind of started it with that that last couple of years with Tyra Bus and Amanda Cahill, where they start playing a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder of like, no, yeah. we're here, we're good, and you're going to have to deal with us. We're not just going to roll over and go, you know, and, and fold up, you know. Um, that's that's where I think that Coach Morin's minds, you know, at least to me, that's a coaching thing. That's a mindset. That's a philosophy that you're going to be physically and mentally tough to where you're not just going to let somebody, you know, kind of steamroll you into a 25, 30 point game. No, 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 no. We're going to battle and we're going to make sure we stay in games and we're going to find a way to win. I want you to play with that chip on your shoulder. You were talking about Grace Berger earlier. Uh, for me, Ali Patberg, the word is just winner. You know, you look yes. at a kid like you know, that's a kid that just makes plays. Now tonight she didn't make enough plays, but you know, nine times out of 10, when you watch this women's team play, when it's a kid that play that really comes down to winning time, it's been Allie Patberg making that play. And that's to me, the kinds of things that you, that's an intangible that you can't teach. And I thought there was an interesting article on ESPN.com over the weekend about her time at Notre Dame and about how she had really lost her confidence and it really had cratered. And, and Terry Morin was quoted as saying that, you know, she really came to IU almost as a broken player. 
And, and you, you see her now after having set out the year she had to set out on the transfer. That's a kid that plays with a swag and, and there's more, you know, she has it. Berger has it. I see Holmes with it once in a while. They don't just, you know, it's not just, okay, whatever happens, we're going to make things happen. And I think that's, again, that's another thing that bodes well for the program. No, absolutely. I mean, Ali Patberg is, you know, to me in, in the games that I've watched and look at, you know, if you've made it this long with us, and if at any point you've thought to yourself, you know, this guy talking and hosting the show sounds like someone that hasn't watched a lot of women's basketball or hasn't watched this team enough, um, you would be correct. I have not been, you know, I have not been watching this team as much as I want to. Um, but I really got into it here toward the end of the season in this tournament run. And as I mentioned on Twitter before, really regret that I didn't get into it, you know, that I didn't listen more to Richie and Joel and Ari and, and some of the folks who were saying, you know, th- this team is so much fun to watch and they are. And these are some of the reasons why, you know, because look, we, you know, we've watched other, other basketball programs, teams at this university, not play with that same kind of fire, not play with that same kind of edge, you know, and watching a basketball team that does that, it, it makes you, it just gets you excited watching them, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, okay, I'm, I'm behind them, you know, and, and that, that part of what this team brings is just is so much fun. And you're right. Like that's a, you know, that that's got to be built into your culture from the coach, but then you've also got to recruit the people who will do it, you know, because not everybody has that personality, but I, you know, you can, I feel like you can have a basketball team with some quiet, you know, maybe a couple of quiet people who aren't really into that because they can still feed off the energy of the people who are, you know, and take their confidence and take their aggression from those people. You know, and that, you know, to me, and that's why I was so impressed with what Allie did early in the game, because she really brought it, you know, when it, it kind of felt like everyone else was easing into it a little bit. And that would kind of be one thing that I would say, you know, for Grace Berger, who I think is a phenomenal talent. I mean, the things that she can do, how good her fundamentals are just as a ball handler, as a shooter, her court vision, her passing, her defensive instincts. I mean, she's got the total package. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to me, just watching the game, she's clearly the best all-around player on the team. And maybe I need to watch more. You might tell me that that's wrong. That's just my initial impression, you know, from from watching the games that I've watched. And I guess, you know, as she now goes into the latter part of her career, you know, what's the next step for her? You know, and and look, I don't know her enough to 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 say what it is. You know, whether does she need to believe that she's a superstar? You know, is this does the system need to cater to her more? I feel like she needs more shots. I feel like she needs more offense run for her or, you know, more opportunities where she's isolated on one side with Mackenzie Holmes because good luck guarding that, you know, right. and that I felt like there were maybe not wasted possessions, but it felt like there was just, there were too many segments of the game where to me, she goes two or three minutes without being fully involved on offense. And I think she's too talented for that to happen. I mean, I, I feel like the offense can run through her more. Um, and maybe that's something that we see as she gets older, but she's just, she, I, I'm just so impressed with her. She's such a good player. Um, you know, and, and there were stretches in this game, as we mentioned earlier, where she really did, you know, just kind of take over. It's like, Hey, we need a bucket. I'm going to go get one. And a couple of times she didn't convert and late. She missed some of those shots, but you know, if I'm the coach or just as a fan, I will live and die with her being assertive and being as aggressive as she can possibly be. Um, I, I think she's terrific. 
Yeah, I, and Grace will be is is terrific and is going to be even better in the future. Um, I think the one thing that her game now has to make the next step to, and, and we talked about her kind of old school game, but she has to develop a three point shot. She has to be able to at least draw defenders out a little bit farther to her, and that will open up things for her and Mackenzie Holmes. You know, coming back even to a certain degree, and Alexa Golbe next year, yeah. who we know will be back. Um, but I agree, there's just a real. There are times this year where she was getting plenty of shots. Now, again, tonight didn't get as many shots maybe as we would have liked for her to see. But this is, you know, she had two triple doubles, I believe, this year. So this yeah. is a kid that has a still and, – and, and I, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's still a ceiling up for her. She has not maxed out her talent level yet. And for what I've seen of her and her time at IU is this is a kid that's going to spend this offseason working on her game. And I'm sure that one of the things they're going to talk about is her developing her three-point shot a little bit. But she's going to continue working on her go-to move. She's going to continue to work on things that she can use to get herself open, whether it's off the dribble or off a catch-and-shoot. And so I think that's, you know, that's one thing that I was talking a little bit about with some friends of mine on text messaging tonight. If you watch that first game tonight, Baylor UConn, and, and then you watch the IU Arizona game tonight, you really didn't have too many shot clock violations. You know, there were not a lot of deep shot clock, you know, possessions in either game. And I really like that about, you know, Coach Morin's offense. They, 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 it tends to get into the action pretty quickly. And I, and I think that's, that benefits offensive players. I mean, it's going to help you get better shots and you're going to have more confidence. And I really think you're going to be a little more efficient offensively when you're not trying to milk the clock down to five and four seconds, every possession. And, that, and those two women's games tonight, it was, you know, there was not shot clock violations. They were, they were playing at a pace that I think kids want to play at. And that I think can help teams be successful. Yeah. Um, just a couple notes here. Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes named to the all Mercado region team. Uh, this is from Dustin DePirac on Twitter. Obviously, Ari McDonald, the regional MVP, a very worthy recipient of that. Uh, again, she was phenomenal. Uh, some other quotes from Terry Moore, and she says, I love this group. It kills me that we couldn't get to Friday night. They're such a high-character group that deserves a moment like this. They deserve a Final Four. Uh, they're good enough to do that. Uh, and I know that there were a couple of other ones here I want to get to. Uh, she says... We still have unfinished business. This is just going to be motivation for this group and our staff to figure out how we can get a little bit better every day. So, Coach, let's end the show by looking forward. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about recruiting, and I'm not sure that you know enough about recruiting to really comment on that. So, you know, I don't know what the influx of talent is that they have coming in. Although I'm pretty sure, I, I thought I remembered seeing that they have a pretty good recruiting class coming in, or at least one really high-profile recruit coming in. So that's yeah. all, you know, well and good. But... I mean, a lot of the players who played key roles on this team are coming back. You know, yes. number one, everybody can come back because they get the extra year of eligibility if they want it. So that's Nicole Cardano, Hillary, and Ali Patberg. Um, Grace Berger, a junior. Mackenzie Holmes, a sophomore. Uh, Alexa Goulbay, a junior. Uh, you know, and, you know, perhaps there are some young players on the roster too that have talent and are going to be ready to step up. Again, I don't know the roster depth that much. You know, Jalen Penn is obviously someone who who decided to opt out, didn't play. Do you do you know what the expectation is with her if she's planning on being back and what kind of impact she would have had on this team and what kind of impact she could have moving forward? 
Well, I, I, she if she came back, she would definitely help them. But I'd be really surprised if Jalen comes back. She was dealing with some injuries, and okay. and that's kind of been the last couple of years for her has been a little bit. I don't want to say injury filled, but she'd had she'd been battling some some injuries. So uh, personally, I would love to see if she can come back with her, you know, and, and feel like she's healthy and can contribute. But I, I think Jalen, in my personal opinion, is I think Penn is probably one that. Uh, won't be back. And then, like you said, uh, uh, I was looking at some of the comments, you know, Ari's in the, in the, in the, in the comments that, you know, he thinks that Nicole will be back. Pat was kind of, is kind of the 50, 50, you know, will she be back for that extra year? Hope she is. I love watching her play, but I can also understand why she might want to go on to something else, whatever that be playing, at the next level or whatever she would want her career to be. To me, that's a kid may and probably won't work out, but to me, she has coach written all, all, all over her <laughs> yeah. in the future. Um, but, you know, so as you're looking real quick here, um, 2021, um, they, uh, they've got a girl out of Georgia, Alabama, and, a, and, a, and, and um, that they have signed. So, or at least commitments from for next year or so. And I think the girl out of Georgia is supposed to be a really top level recruit. But um, so, but if you get everybody back, even if Allie didn't come back, your core is still in pretty good shape next year. Yeah, it is. You know, and look, I think if Allie doesn't, uh, doesn't come back, then you're probably putting the ball in Grace Berger's hands more. Mm-hmm. And I think you, I don't think that you can, it doesn't seem like there's anybody who's going to replace the leadership and the intangibles that Allie Patberg gives you and the ability to be undersized and find a way to go get a rebound anyway in a key moment when you need it. You know, I think, you know, if she were to leave, it's, you could probably, you know, talk yourself into, okay, well, Grace will be able to do this and someone else will be able to do this. But then you'd get to the season and you'd wonder why things aren't fitting as well together. And that's kind of the definition of a, you know, a, a, a glue. Well, in the men's game, we say a glue guy. I don't, is the term glue gal in, in women's basketball? Um, whatever it is, glue that, person. yeah, whatever it is, that's what she is to me, you know, just the person that does all those little things. So I agree with you, you know, and I agree with Terry Morin. I mean, this team, you know, you watch basketball and, you know, you want to see your team win, of course, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always kind of been more of a process guy. So, I mean, I, I do want wins and losses and you're happy with wins and you're disappointed with losses, but I try to be more about process, you know, and, and I know, you know, sometimes, you know, I get in arguments with people about this, but you know, my coach in high school, coach Wood used to tell me, cause I was a shooter, you know, and I always kind of based my value on shooting. And he used to tell me there's a difference between shooting well and playing well, Jared. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's true. Now it's a game of basketball, so ultimately you got to make shots, and that that is that is the most important thing. Uh, you know, and so if what happened tonight, you know, motivates the team to take, you know, five hundred three pointers every game, well, all the better because you certainly, you know, you certainly increase your chances of winning uh, when you shoot better. But you know, what I always like to see from the teams that I'm watching are: do they play with a purpose? You know, do they play together? Do they play with a toughness? You know, do they fight back? Do they seem connected on offense and defense? And gosh, this team did, you know, and that's what made them to me so fun to watch. Even on a night like tonight when it didn't work, they lost by 13, the shots aren't falling. You know, it was still fun to watch them because you kept believing. You know, that that's kind of the visceral thing with a team to me is when you're watching a team and they're losing. Are you viscerally just kind of like waiting for them to come back and believing it'll happen? Or, you know, are they up by six with four minutes to go and you're just wondering how they're going to blow it? 
you know, and this team was the former. It's like, okay, they're mm-hmm. down by seven. There's two minutes left. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to find a way. You know, they didn't. Uh, and that's going to happen but sometimes. But you felt like they were. But you felt like they would because you feel like the process is there. You feel like the culture is there. Um, you know, and it really does feel sustainable too. And I think that's what's the most fun part about it. The one kid uh, we didn't kind of mention was the brown girl, the kind of the post player who played a little bit tonight. But she'd been battling like a bad hip, I believe, Terry. Keontra Brown, yeah. Yeah, she'd been battling about, but that's a kid that could make a big, big move for them next year. There's, there's a lot of, there was a lot of hope for her when they recruited her. And then the other girl was a is Paige Price, who I believe actually enrolled at Christmas time, played a little bit, but I was looking online and, 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 and coach Morton made the comment that they felt like she was the best player in Australia and she's like an Australian kid. So that, there are some, ki- some kids there. And plus you pull in a couple of the recruits we talked about, that really will kind of fill in some of that depth that they really maybe were missing this year. And, and yeah. so, but I, I totally agree. You felt like watching this team through the last couple years for me, and even going back, like I said, to the Tyra bus senior year with Amanda Cahill, they were going to find a way to pull one out. You know, they had a yeah. really, one, one of my memorable games of the Morin era is a game that they played at the big 10 tournament with um, Michigan state and went like four overtimes and mm-hmm. just kept thinking they were going to, you know, oh, it's going to get away, going to get away. And they kept finding a way to get it into the next overtime before they finally won it in the fourth overtime. So that's, to me, it goes back to that culture we've been talking about, that that's what she's building and she's convincing kids. It's not, it may not be for every kid, but she's convincing the kids that she wants. And she mentioned this in the press conference today, getting the kids they want that fit the system and believing in that, in that culture and that philosophy. That's how you win. That's how, that's how you sustain it. That's how you do it. It's such, and to me, and I know we aren't trying to get into this, but it's really what I see across the entire Indiana program. You, Tom Allen, Steve Aird with volleyball, Jeff Mercer with baseball, Terry Morin, that mentality. And I think that's going to continue to get better for our other programs. And obviously the one that we spend a lot more time with is I think is going to get there as well, but that's what they're trying to build across 20 sports or whatever it is in, in, in Bloomington. I know the one program that like <laughs> doesn't have it going. That's the one that we obsess over and keep doing these post game shows for. <laughs> we, we, we chose poorly. apparently. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll turn itself around. Um, all right, coach, let's get some final thoughts here. Uh, you know, I think we were all hoping this was going to be a triumphant show and start looking forward to Friday. But, you know, as we've seen, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes programs have to take steps, you know, and this program mm-hmm. is really doing it. You know, they, you know, the, you know, you win the NIT with Tyra and Amanda. And then, you know, after that you get to the NCAA tournament. Now you make an elite eight, you know, what's next for this program, you know, win a big 10 title, you know, make a final four, uh, you know, think back three or four years ago and, and think about what it would have felt like to exit a season and start looking forward to the next season where those are realistic goals and not just realistic goals. We're actually saying to yourself, all right, for there to be progress, you actually have to get to that point. Mm -hmm. That means that you've really achieved something great um, so far. And that's what Terry Morin has done is put this, they've, they, she has put, and the players obviously too have put this program in a position where we're having conversations about them that we've never had in the history of the program. And that's really, really special. Even on a night that's disappointing, that's really special. I I totally agree with that part. I think you have to get to places like an Elite Eight before you get to a Final Four. I I think it's really hard to go 
first time to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight and then go to the Final Four. Would it have been nice? Yeah, it would have been great. I wish we were talking about a win tonight. But I think you think of it like stair steps. you got to climb the first step in front of you. And Coach Morin is doing that with this program. And I even go back, again, that that Bus and Cahill group that won the women's NIT uh, their senior year. That, to me, is where you really kind of get the jump point for where they are now because it, I think, gave them a belief that they could compete. And so now – yeah. Do you win every year? I don't, maybe not, but I think you want to get yourself that position where you're competing with Maryland and the other top teams in the, in the big 10 for a big 10 title, a big 10 tournament title, and then hopefully becoming a second weekend type tournament team on a regular basis. Um, you know, one thing we don't see as much maybe in the women's game is those upsets like you see in the men's tournament. You rarely see a 15 beat a two, a 14 beat a three in the women's game. It does happen. I'm not saying it never happens, but it's not as common as you will see. And it's, you know, so if you're getting into the tournament and you're a one through a five seed, you've got a pretty good chance to get into the second weekend. And I think that's what you're going to try. And I think that's the goal for coach Moore and going forward is they want to be that type of program. And I don't see why they can't be with what they're building. I agree. Any other final thoughts before we wrap up? I, I just really want to thank you for letting me be on tonight, and hopefully everybody enjoyed us talking about the women. I know we, I'm, I'm in a little bit of the same boat. I, I get to watch them when they're on BTN or once in a while on ESPN, but you know it, it's hard sometimes, You know, obviously the pandemic, but with where we are in Rensselaer, it's hard to get down to games on a regular basis. But if you live close to Bloomington, I, you know, I think the season ticket package is still pretty cheap for the women's, you know, women's team sign up for the women's t- season ticket package. I think you'll enjoy the product. And, and I think we'll, you know, I, I it was fun to do this night talking about the women and, and I think they're building something special. I agree. I agree. I've had so much fun watching them. Um, and you know, again, I just, I, I thank all the people who all season long were pointing out, how great this team is and how much fun they are to watch. And to all of you, you are, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and I look forward to, you know, to, to following this program a lot more closely because there is so much to like about them and the brand of basketball that they play. Uh, and just, you know, uh, like I said before, you know, when I'm watching basketball and you see people with the, the heart and the fight and the desire and the toughness, you know, that, that these ladies showed, you know, in the, in the games that I watched, it was really impressive. So, uh, you know, to everybody who who's here live and who's listening, we appreciate it. Uh, and to the women's team, just, you know, our hats off to you, an incredible season, a historic season, you know, it always sucks on a night like tonight. It sucks in the first hour after a loss. Cause you know, you're thinking what might've been and all this other stuff. But, you know, I think once we get a little bit of perspective on the season and realize what they did and the journey that they took us all on, uh, it's something that we'll be talking about for a long time. And hopefully it's just a stepping stone. You know, hopefully it's mm-hmm. not the pinnacle in 20 years from now. We're thinking back about, you know, that elite eight team is like the high water mark, you know, but I think the the best tribute that, that this team could ever get is that they helped propel, you know, they were the shoulders that the final four team or the eventual national champion stood on, you know, but this team had to get to this point. Uh, you know, they ran into a team tonight, you know, there's no, there's no shame in losing to a team that played better than you. And, and Arizona played better than us tonight. I don't yeah. think we played as well as we could have, um, you know, but they, uh, they beat us, um, you know, and, and as Terry Morin said, you know, the, this team deserves to go farther and hopefully they'll put in the work this off season. I have no doubt that they will. Uh, and next yeah. season they'll, they'll be ready to go even farther. So. 
Yeah, and I want to echo what you said. Congratulations to Coach Moore and her staff, everybody that's connected to the women's program, and those young women who have represented the university. And at least from what I can see, they've represented the university very well. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show, the first ever Elite Eight edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to uh, ever see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to get on the newsletter list. Go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to do that. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back for AC Radio on Thursday night. Until then. Take it from me, native Hoosier Mark Titus. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Damn, I got to get rid of that drop. (laughs) 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 I click on it just as a reflex, but I got to get rid of that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. That was fun. And it It would have been more fun if they won, but, you know, that was fun. We got to try. Hopefully... You know, it's probably it's going to be sure. You know, once we get into the heat of the season, it's you know just doing the the men's games is such a difficult schedule as it is. Yeah. But I really would like to do. I really would like to do some more of these. Um, you know, hopefully I'm we can get it. someone who's a little bit more qualified than me to host it. Um, but but I I you know plan on watching them a lot more. So hopefully I'll be I'll be more qualified next time. Yeah, and and you know just at least tonight you felt like they got beat by a better team. We didn't yeah. not we didn't play. It, it wasn't us not playing well. Arizona was tonight was the better team. Yeah, and they deserved a win. I mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't the other way around where we played so poorly that we like gave it away. They they were the better team for the most part tonight. And I can and I'm okay with that. So yep. I am too. All right, coach. Thank you. I'll see you inside the community. And uh, thanks, Jared. Everybody in the chat. Thanks. Say it again. See, we're going to have a, a happy hour. Happy hour Wednesday. That's right. So, so talk I'm hoping all, to be talk in about there. all the news that's been happening. Yeah, I hope to be in there. I got to pick up my son from a baseball practice, so but I hope to get in there for a little bit. Okay, good. That'd be great. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you night, Thursday everybody. night. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.